0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Previously on Chief Concerns.
2: He started with the all games last year uh, for us. You know, he's won a Super Bowl with us. And to say that he's not worth it, uh, when I think, just my
0: opinion, he, he was the best corner that we had with our secondary. I think he came in around 2011. Tw- no, maybe, no, 12. 11 to 12, I think he came in. Oh, eight years. So he, he's he's probably around about like thirty, close to it. Yeah, get about three good years out of three or four. Sure, Julio is still a threat. I don't care how you look at it. <laughs> oh yeah. It's the corner where the trees is is this the the passing of the torch right is this what this signifies it, it
2: comes down to that that front office
0: and what they feel is most important
2: the champ is here we've touched down from you, playing, why you made it here.
0: we always look forward to that week because it was always intense
1: you know that we ain't coming back the man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My my, my favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys, <laughs> still, but Dante's my guy. Get to dashing because he's done on the war feet. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Chief Conservatives. it's episode 31, let's call it the Priest Holmes episode, uh, but no, Priest Holmes is not going to be on this episode, just the number 31 aspect of it, but uh, right now we're here with me and uh, Jason Dunn, our former tight end, uh, Eric will be joining us in a little bit, um, I think some traffic problems on the road in uh, Texas, but uh, JD, how you been, buddy?
0: Good. I'm doing well, I'm doing well, so, so it's warmed up here in the state of Kentucky and uh, it's uh, things have been moving along pretty steadily. Uh, actually, I, I had a first time. Be honest with you, I've been out like really like eating inside of a restaurant, but everything's been going good, and, I, and it was it was good to catch up with a friend. It was for his birthday, so it was just a small group. Uh, but other than that, man, it's everything's been well. Everything's been well.
1: Also, you know, we talked about it a little bit last week. It's NBA playoff season, so now yeah. we're getting we're getting to that part of the year. You know, when we it's the. Football's ramping up, but we got the wind down at the basketball season. Uh, your boys, your Lakers, uh, 1-1 with the uh, Suns right now. My Sixers up 2-0. I'm uh, looking over yeah. the Wizards. Yeah, It's looking good for both our teams. I know Eric's team's long gone with his Golden State Warriors. So long, Steph. but the
0: uh, so long, Steph, man. Hey, I always hate to see Steph go, man. He just makes the game much more exciting. It's good to watch him out there. But, you know, he, hey, he got to go fishing. Go fishing yeah. or golf, whatever he loves doing. Hey, Steph, take a back seat, man. Sit down for a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I, and I'm, I'm a big, you know, like AD fan, of course, you know, University of Kentucky, you know, a LeBron from being up this way, close to it. I mean, look, these guys, I, and I love this great ball. And this is the time, man, the playoffs is the most exciting time, watching the best shots, the great competition. It's like any other sport, man. Once you get to the playoffs, man, the juices are flowing, man, everything turns up to a whole different notch. And so mm-hmm. you want to see, you know, these guys go out there and they compete, make it a great game. You never want to see a blowout, and you shouldn't see a blowout di- during this time of the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, but that's when I think, you know, the stakes go up without a doubt. But, they, you know, everybody means <laughs> means business at this point. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm in agreement. I, I do think the first round of the playoffs should be a, go back to what it was in the 90s. was a five game series. Then there was this Eastern Conference and Western Conference semifinals that's where we roll to the seven game series, but you know, I I think in the East it's needed more so than the West West and the competition is so good out there. You you can do seven game series, but the East first round, like the Sixers wizards, the, um, even the bucks and Heat, which I'm surprised by that. But then the, um, the Brooklyn and Boston series, I mean, it's kind of getting out of hand with the top three seeds, but what are you going to do? Um, But okay, guys. So it is—it is a Chiefs show. So we're gonna get—we're gonna get away from basketball. We're gonna get back into the Chiefs um, here. But before we head to our first segment, we have a word from our sponsor in Bet Online. Marcus Dash here from Chief Concerns. It's NBA playoff season, people. So you know what that means? It's time to play some wagers. And the best place to do that is on Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys, so our first concern of the night is the topic that's on everyone's mind right now, which is Julio Jones. Um, Now, the question for for you guys uh, tonight was, uh, should the Chiefs make a big concerted effort to bring in Julio Jones? Who is they're, they're saying he'll be traded uh, next by after June 1st by the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, but some I've seen on Twitter a lot of Chiefs saying, Oh, we can't afford him, even other teams saying that we can't afford him. But here's a tidbit the Chiefs spent $12 million in Watkins in 2019 and were willing to spend up to $16 million if he hit his incentives um, in, in, in uh, 2020. Uh, then they offered Juju Smith $11 million if he hit incentives for 2021. So why is it even crazy to think we can't afford Julio an average of $12 million over the next three years? So that, that's my my question there. And if we're willing to spend all that money for Juju, why can't we do that with Julio Jones? But should the question to you is should the Chiefs make a big effort to bring in Julio Jones?
0: Uh well, I, I tell you what, uh, why not? I, I, I look at it like this, right? You're talking about the money we was gonna spend, and I know it was a different time, and you know how the market goes. Yeah. Uh Everything changes so fast. Free agency guys go different places. We have more money. You know, we start signing more guys. And so now, you know, because we have signed more more free agents, you know, the, the money trying to get stretched out is really the question. Right. Can we make concession to get him in here? Uh, and, the, and the real question is, first off, can a guy help us? Right. Number one. Absolutely. No, without a doubt. The most dynamic wide receivers in the past, I want to say 10 years, you know, that, that we've seen in the NFL uh, with his size, with his speed, uh, you know, route running, everything, uh, you know, had some injuries uh, last year, uh, only played, you know, what it was like nine games, something like that. But I mean, it's Julio Jones, right? I mean, we're talking about pinnacle guys. You know, we've been talking all this, this, this past all season on other guys that have been coming in the room, you know, who we have already in the room, uh, and you know, we—I know—we get into that the conversation. You know, does the Chief have a legitimate wide receiver too? That's the question. And it, which is just—it's—it's it's, it's a little funny to me because you know, the guys that's there in the room. I think we have a legitimate wide receiver too, right? Because guys need opportunities. Because how do you get a legit wide receiver too? But if he don't have any opportunities to show these legit wide receiver too, and so guys develop, right? I mean, it, it didn't take it took guys a couple of years to develop, you know, to what they were. So that's how guys become like that legit wide receiver. And these guys are young guys, the one that's in the room right now. So, yes, it would be I think we should try to make at least some type of concession if we're not happy with where we at in the room. Right. So it's all about, you know, risk and reward. It's risk and reward here. All right. Do we spend the money? julio jones and give up you know maybe a cup, a draft pick here and there i, I think they're looking for a first round yeah. whatever is he worth it he's a proven guy we know that if he comes in and he gets you know shoot 60 70 balls i mean that's 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 all we need to get him into the end zone that's part of the problem he just hasn't been scoring a lot of touchdowns kind of looked at his stats my my nephew is a big julio jones uh well he's we talk about him a lot. We put it that way in our little. Exactly. So he talks about him you know, what he's done, what he hadn't done. So he's kind of put me privy to like what some of his uh, his stats were. But I do believe that we need to make concessions to kind of get him in because he's he'll teach the young guys what they need to do. Uh, like I said, he'll, he'll make us win. Uh, definitely make us better, and we're gonna we're gonna get out of him what we need in the next like three to four years. So twelve million dollars, I don't think it's a big deal. The question is. Who you gonna get rid of at the time when guys come up in free agency, right? That that's the real issue. Now the cap, of course, is going up, but still you got to start. Here's the moving number aspect of it, right? That's 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 the issue. But hey, man, look, Julio Jones is Julio Jones, right? So there's only one of those guys out there. Like I said, this dude right ain't, ain't, you ain't getting him off the street corner somewhere, or well, he ain't at the car wash, or you know uh, doing uh, in. in Somebody's classroom, you know, teaching calculus at this moment. We need somebody like Julio Jones. There's only one guy like him out here. Why not go ahead and get him if you got a chance? So I mean, I'm in favor of it. Saying all that to say, I'm in favor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I think um, this is one thing. You know, obviously we have we have Travis Kelsey, we have Tyreek Hill, adding Julio Jones to that. What what does that do for? I guess matchups across the board for our Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey having Julio Jones there. What does that do to a defense? And when you have those guys coming out, you I know, mean, just kind of talk to us about the kind of game playing that's going to, yeah. the disaster that's going to cause for the defense coordinator on the other side of the football.
0: Oh man. I mean, you know, they're already with the type of system that they set up with the motion, uh, you know, stretching the defense, you know, vertically and horizontally, you know, now you add an element like Julio Jones in which you already had to cover the field and, and guys, where, you know, defensive coordinators is already having nightmares with who you had out there on the field already. Now you add Julio Jones to the mix. I mean, it's like, look, hope, uh, all you can do is, you know, try to slow them down because you ain't going to be able to stop them. And you hope that, you know, hopefully the Chiefs will stop themselves on the offense, which doesn't seem like going to happen when you have those guys out there on the field. So we're just talking about adding a whole different, you know, threat and dynamic, you know, player to what you do offensively, right? So defensive coordinators, you're not going to be able to double well you could try to double julio up but then you leave travis and Hill open you know robinson all those guys are going to eat uh hardman every single guy that, so what are you going to do you're going to be a, just a guy short and any joe against joe look i take those joes all day julio against a, a, a your, your db i'll take you tyreek against your, your db and safety i'll take you travis kelsey against your linebacker safety Corner, I'll take him. So that's three guys legitimately, legitimately on the field right now, which I would say is without a doubt in the top. Keeper Julio where his, his his reputation, top 20 receivers, period, in the league right now. 15 maybe. <laughs> you know, so that, that's that's dangerous. That's dangerous. And if you got the number one quarterback throwing the ball to him, yeah. whoo, whoo, my yeah. wow, power baby. <laughs> These are gonna come out, man, like the guns are never wrong.
1: Woo! <laughs> would you say that Tyreek Hill and forget Travis Kelsey, but Tyreek Hill and Julio Jones, would that be the best, one of the best wide receiver tatums of all time?
0: Absolutely. Uh, of all time? Of all time? Yeah, that's that that would be conversation of it. That would be definitely be a conversation of it, right? Because we're talking just ability here. Absolutely. So you're talking about one of the fastest guys, or two, one of the two fastest guys that's ever played a game. All right. Uh, and it's just, you know, what are you, what do you, what are you going to do? I just, the threat, what you do on defense, it would definitely be a hard combination. It had to be at least in an argument of being one of the top tandems in the NFL of all times. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. seriously, just based off numbers, what they've done. Right. So, you know, but, it you know, hopefully it happens and it will produce, right. Let's let's, let's speak into fruition, those things that happen, right. Yep. So they do become the best receiving core of all time, uh, <laughs> but yeah, they would be, no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, because you also throw and then when you throw Travis Kelsey in the mix, then you that's the best number one, two, and tight end of all, of all time on, on a team together.
0: Yeah, trio, trio guys. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. I'm, I'm I'm just going through history and just kind of looking at uh, teams. I think I had a conversation about you know the wide receivers. You know, of course, we were talking about Hall of Fame. Who should be in there? Who shouldn't be in there? Right, quarterbacks and whatnot. So of course, wide well, receivers came in, but as far as trio, uh, you know what was uh when when we talked, we had to go back to like Dan Fouts when uh it was you know like Charlie, Winslow. yeah Winslow and and uh, who's the other guy that they had? It was another a third guy. I can't even think who third guy is, but right. you know these guys we know. So yeah, it'd be a it'd yeah, be a tough record, tough trio, you know, to deal with. Uh, and,
1: and then when you also add in the fact that it's, it's the best quarterback in the league right now, and, and also argument that can be made in 10 years time that he might be the best quarterback of all time. So to have that, th- those four, I mean, obviously we're, we don't know if this is going to happen with Julio. It's all speculation, you know, just us mm-hmm. talking as fans here, but you know, it's, that would be insane. Uh, uh, it what, what an all season to go from no offensive line, a revamped O-line, then you bring in Julio Jones as the, uh, to solve the other re- receiver position um yeah that's like a, that's like a christmas wish list right
0: there <laughs> oh yeah absolutely i just tell you beachman and, and, and andy they ain't taking no chances they taking no princes. just coming at these guys it's like look you know this is what we want we're talking about absolutely making this sound effort of trying to make this thing a dynasty going after we ain't just trying to win this year we're we talking about setting us up for these you know one two three like as long as patrick's here you know putting pieces around him putting people people in there who's going to protect him and as long as we have that, and he's back there throwing the ball to like those level wide receivers and tight ends. Woo! We are talking about doing some serious damage, man. We we trying to put in the the uh, the legacy here in the record books. So yeah. yeah. Everything looks good right now. So we'll ho- hopefully we, Julio comes through. We'll see. You know what I mean? It's all, it's all talk. Everybody's got all heard. Somebody said, uh, well, wow, I seen Julio here. I saw look, man. But Hey, none of that matters. You can see a joke anywhere. He can be in my backyard right now. Don't mean I'm signing. Him, so don't mean anything.
1: Uh, just a Last question on the Julio topic. What did you make of, uh, did you think Shan Sharp did him wrong by uh, not telling him he was on on TV when he called him?
0: Yes. Yes. I, and, and which was kind of was odd because I was like, why would, why would he call him during this time, especially on air? So that's what I was. I was thinking. I was just like, well, maybe he he called him early. Be said, look, man, I might call you. Be ready when I call you. So I, I'm, I'm hoping Shannon did that, and, and Julio was just kind of talking because he was already frustrated, and he was just kind of throwing some things out there. You know, just kind of playing. You know, just on the air type of the, you know deal. Uh-huh. Uh, Making it entertaining. I don't know, but I, I just, yeah, I, I I didn't think it was probably the best time on the conversation. If I call you, hey man, guess what? You on the air, right? right. That's you immediately say that. Hey, I got you on the air right now. I want to ask you a question. That way he can get prepared, it can get ready. And like, hey, I'm not, I'm just gonna hold everything close to me and my agent, and we do it with it then. But yeah, right now everything's a possibility. So yeah, I, I just I don't know. I didn't quite understand that. I was like, why would he do that?
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing. Like, I see some people like call out sharp and stuff. Obviously, I don't think he did. He wasn't. He wasn't doing it maliciously. You know, he was just no, calling, no. call. he was just calling him to, to talk to him. You know, it just so happens. You know, he was on air and all that stuff. And I think it's after the fact. But now the yeah. Sharps, now Sharps in the media industry, he's got to remember this kind of stuff. He can't like get caught up in that. You know, but he knows. Look,
0: look, look, Shannon. This is what I look because he 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 brings things out and how he speaks. He speaks like we would be in a room, kind of talking. And yeah. you sitting there trying to get stats. Like, hold on, man. Well, let me let me call my boy real quick. You <laughs> on this? I got him on the phone. Let me call him. Uh, And so, yeah, you can't get caught up in that moment if that's what it was. You know, kind of uh, a hiccup there. Uh Because that's what – Skip was like, are are you really calling me? He's like, (laughs) yeah, he's going to pick up. So, I don't know. know.
1: But it it took a lot of Atlanta's bargaining power by hearing him say he was out of there. So, I think that – that that really killed Atlanta. If I'm I'm the Falcons GM and the ownership there, I'm pissed off really big time about this.
0: Yeah, Um, well, I'll tell you what. You can – you can look at it both ways. You can be pissed off about it, or you can just say, hey, you know what? Maybe he did us a favor. Now we could come at him in a different way. Like, look, yeah. you don't put this out here. You're gone. We want you to stay here. So what mm-hmm. we need to do to keep you here? Let, you know, we can say whatever out here. But, yeah. the, you know, the real deal goes out here in this room. How do you feel? All right? If you're frustrated, we can talk about it. He's been there long enough. So, I mean, come on. That's, you know, they drafted it. And sometimes you got to love there and then a little bit of – uh, uh you know kind of a responsibility you feel like you know some fealty to them like giving them the first shot in the bid so I don't know you could look at it both ways you know I just like look all right you know what he's gonna do that then we're gonna make teams pay never right knows. nothing if you want him it's what you gotta ask you know get for him too mm. so that's that's <laughs> negotiations man yeah that's why you never don't hey tight lip
1: <laughs> even if Shane Sharp calls you tight lip <laughs>
0: Yeah, what they you got? Uh, oh, hey, 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 child, hey, man, let me call you back a little bit later. Oh, you got me <laughs> on there right now? Well, look, man, we're doing, we're just visiting people, we doing, you know, we're being happy with everything, and we're talking to everybody, you know. You still love Atlanta? Yeah, I still love Atlanta. Of course I do. That's what you to me. Why wouldn't I? Hey, hey listen, I got to go. I'll talk to you later. All right, click. <laughs> it's that easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's that easy.
1: <laughs> um. Okay, so we're going to move to our next chief concern, which also involves a former Atlanta or a, or a well, former Atlanta Falcon Was is this guy we're about to talk about. Soon to be former Atlanta Falcon be Julio Jones. But um, next guy is uh, Todd Gurley. So at ESPN's Bill Barnwell wrote an article this week about veterans that he thinks will be joining up with teams before training camp that are still available. Uh, Todd Gurley was one of them. He thinks Todd Gurley could be a short yardage back for the Kansas City Chiefs going into the fall, uh, com- upcoming season. Uh, in the article, he writes, the 26-year-old doesn't have uh, the legs to be a, a full bell cow, which is crazy that Todd Gurley's 26. I feel like we've been talking about him for 10 years. He, and the way he plays, the way we talk about him with his knee issues, I feel like he's in a 30-year-old running back, which goes to show you how much running backs, you know, is just like chewed up and spat out after somebody carries. But anyway, so he thinks that he's going to come over to the Chiefs by training camp. Um, I think as of today, uh, Gurley was visiting Detroit Lions, so he's still free agent. He's still visiting. What are your thoughts on the potential of addition of uh, Todd Gurley to the Chiefs?
0: Ooh, oh, man, that's exciting, too. So you just talking about Julio Jones. Now you're talking about Todd Gurley? What's days. going on here? What's going on? He's <laughs> kingdom. Out there with them Chiefs, man. I, I tell you what. Hey, that would be exciting to have him there. Uh, and you're just talking about it. he's 26 years old, man. But it, it just shows you the shelf life of running backs, man, in, in the NFL. I mean, these guys are the ones that get get hit, hit the most out of anybody, right? When you got the level guys coming after him, then you got their own guys, on, you know, trying to get those guys from hitting him too. So, man, Gurley, man, the last couple of years, man, it's been kind of tough to kind of watch him, you know, because, you know, I, I try to get him on my fantasy. And he, he's, you know, he's, he's been banged up, man. Me me, problems and issues is is real. It's absolutely real with a guy that had was dynamic just a few years ago. One of the best running backs in the league. Shoot, I want to say, what, about three four years ago. That's, that's, who you, that's who you wanted with the Rams. So, man, it's unfortunate that, that happens. But if we can get him, that'd be exciting. I mean, if you think about what we added into the room. So we got Jared McKinnon, okay, right, that came into the room. Uh, you know, he's been bad on the injuries, so he hadn't really been in his old form either. Uh, and so, you know, Hilaire, which is a great back, but we need a guy to be able to run through between the tackles. Ty Gurley is that. He gives you a big back. Uh, He didn't have, I've seen, I was watching, you know, some of, uh, you know, some of the highlights, you know, of of him and. uh Oh, my Apple watch. Okay. Well, (laughs) talk to you later. (laughs) You know, he, he, he didn't really have that burst. Like I I used to see, him. you know, you could see just that little bit uh, where he was just, he was looking for that leg to go and, and, built through because he has you know huge thighs on him but man he the guy is still effective absolutely if you get your Ty girly in here man take him too, take him so but that moving numbers what can we do what how can we really court this guy because now you're talking about getting you know julio jones and Ty Gurley here man that'd be that'd be phenomenal if you can do that so you know these guys right here man are just we talking about legitimate guys legitimate guys uh but I I do like that uh that possibility. That it looks really it looks really good to have him in a room. Like you said, short yarders guy, third down. Uh give Hilaire, you know, a little little break here. But that two-headed monster, man, it'd be dangerous. So then all of a sudden, now you're competing. I would say that would be better than 2 head monster that's out there in, uh, in Cleveland. <laughs> For real. Yeah. So uh, that's that's the way I look at it. Ty Gurley, man Hilaire, phew. You know Williams on the back end, absolutely. So that that's that would be a dangerous room, man. They look, they get weapons around him. If they get all these weapons like that, it would be no excuse for for guys not to win, barring injury, right? So yep. you got the offensive line put in, try to get all the wide receivers. You got a great tight end. You know, you got a great running backs. You know, get a bet. You know, another guy here. You know, who who's a proven guy. You know, it's been kind of so for the past couple of years. Man, it dangerous, man news man dangerous
1: yeah so. it also goes to what I, mean, I think you and i talked about a little bit earlier is that the what andy reed has done since he's gotten with the chiefs he usually brings in that veteran presence so like the cj spiller was a guy he brought in uh at the beginning of his tenure uh it was kind of a joke because he would bring him back like every so often um and C.J. Spiller was a was a, was a badass running back with the Buffalo Bills for a couple of years when he was splitting with Fred Jackson, um, and then you take it to the last few years going to get LaShawn McCoy, which didn't work out. He was at the pretty much twilight of his career, and then we end up bringing in um, Le'Veon Bell last year, which you know brought in mid-season didn't work out. Whatever, um, but you know bringing in Ty Gurley for a need. You know we talked about it last year. The short yards was kind of an issue. Right now, we don't know if that was the offensive line issue or is that just our, you know, our running game. You know, that, yeah. that was the issue. But Darrell Williams, not a bad short yardage guy. Then you bring in Todd Gurley, another two uh, two guys who are good short yardage backs. And then you have C.E.H. who could be our every down guy with uh, Jericho McKinnon being, maybe being a, a pass catching back. So, yeah. I mean, that's a good room. Obviously, I don't know if you're going to – and we also have Darwin Thompson too, so that's five backs going into the season. Probably not going to have carry five backs going into the season. I mean, no. Not in this day and age at least.
0: No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, with no reason to, you know. So you look at guys significantly to, to play some uh, special teams, no doubt. But, um, yeah, those, those guys, uh, that's a beautiful room to look at. Dude, you can imagine open the door, you just look in, Ty Gurley, you know, everybody looking back, Jim McKinney, like, I'm going to leave y'all alone. I'll let y'all get on the board a little bit. All right, <laughs> look at some highlights. <laughs> I, man, I'd be excited just I mean, opening some 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 rooms at the Chiefs right now. Yeah. So you know? open up, man. You're looking in the, the tight end room, Kelsey, uh Gray. You're like, okay, yeah. Uh, force, all right. Hey, man. How y'all doing? Good. Peace. Perfect. You know? So Yeah. A yeah. uh,
1: running back room like that would be intimidating if just some uh, the NFL talent that you have in there. Um, yes, sir. Man. Um, all right. So Final question tonight um, is so we've had a couple of chief fans write into us saying they really at this time of the year, being the OTAs, the rookie minicamp, um, all that stuff. Um, chief fans wanted to get a sense of how that was for you. What kind of process was that for you? Like the rookie minicamp, the OTA experience and just the, the, whole, the whole overall of everything after the fact that you after the time you got signed and drafted. What happens after that? What's the process? Look like.
0: Oh man. Well, it's 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 really short as far as trying to take everything in. I mean, you're trying to digest, you know, first that you get drafted, right? Uh, that now in your life is has just changed. Not just your life, but everybody else's lives around you has changed too. Uh, and so you you're trying to bask in that uh celebratory uh feel is is so incredible that now your head is just spinning so immediately what's that during my process they flew you out like immediately like the next day like hey you know let's come on up here let's you know get ready one or two days and you know we're getting in and and it was you know hey how you doing meeting everybody organization you know talking about the playbook expectations how they're going to do things you know what what you know we're going to live so you start working all these things out in your head and it's just like a whirlwind of just information. That's what it is. And so uh, that process, man, is, is, is it could be overwhelming. You know, I know for me, it was like, wow, OK, wait a minute. Hold on. I got to do this. You, you're not really getting any sleep. You know, you're too excited because, you, you know, to sleep because you you, <laughs> you just got your dream job, you know, and he's like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And then it, it really dawns on you. You know what just happened? so now, you know, like I said, you're in the city. I remember taking a picture of uh, me and Jermaine Mayberry, and they had us like building blocks and a, a hard hat talking about building the future for the team. And I was like, man, and I seen the, you know, the, the paper. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like it, this, this is here. This is real. Uh, but just dealing with that as far as once you get drafted, going into the camps, meeting everybody, man, it's just, like I said, it, it can could, it could be overwhelming. Uh, it's a lot. And so then you talk about uh when all the veterans come in, right? OTAs and the lifting and you know, the first time you actually start seeing guys that you was you was playing, you know, on your 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 PlayStation and, and, and all of that, and, and you watching them like, man, here's this is who's in the room with me. <laughs> Finally here. You know, I think I came in, I called everybody mister, hey Mr. Such and such, hey Mr. Such and such, how you doing, Mr. Such and such, right? Uh and so, you know, that, that aspect of it is, is, is kind of cool too. You know, just getting to know your new teammates. Uh, and thankfully, you know, I had a group of great veteran guys uh, that I came in a room with. I had uh, uh, Ed West, you know, the two, uh, the two boxes. We used to call Ed West, the toolbox. It was uh, uh, a guy that had already played for 13 years, Uh Knew the coaches, called every coach by their first name, which I thought was so cool. You know, I came back from college. I'm like, like I was calling everybody missing, you know, hey, what, hey, what's going on, man? It just and it was like he was he was one of those guys, but he taught me what I needed to do, uh, took me in to open arms. And another one was uh Jimmy Johnson, man. Uh Jimmy Jam man was uh played for 10 years, another great uh tight end that just taught me the ropes about. You know what it means to be a pro. This is what you do. This is how you maneuver and operate. You know, and just kind of took you under the wing. You know, and they, they understood when I came in, I got I got drafted that this is the, the direction they was going, and they was fine with it. And I was man, I was so thankful, was so gracious just to have guys like that. So one of the things that when you when you come into like camp, right, is like some of the things you know they now we talk about. I won't call it hazing, but Earning, earning your stripes, right? You got to put your time in, right? And I punched my clock. It was like, listen, here's the deal, bro. Hey, just make sure you get us food when we ask you get us food. Things we need to get done, like, you know, groceries and stuff. You take care of us, man, as far as the food and stuff, then you're good. You don't have to worry about anything else, right? Like, because you got to get up. You got to sing in front of the group. You got to do like this, you know, rookie show and all these different things, man. So the nerves is getting on you. Every single time you go into, uh, you know, to lunch or dinner some something, they got a new rookie. Hey, hey, everybody quiet. <laughs> Jason's going to sing such and such. You're like, oh, man, like, I don't know a song. So, you know, if, 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 if you suck at it, ha, guess what? You got to go again a different time. <laughs> so, man, I, I used to see guys, man, like just wouldn't even come to lunch or, you know, just avoid dinner, like come and get something real quick and just try to leave. Man, hey, where you going, rook? Nah, nah, uh, come back here. You got to do this. And so there's a lot of obligations that you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do when you get in. But my guys are like, listen, hey, Jason, he's our rookie. This is our guy. All right, nobody's gonna mess with him. Nobody's gonna, hey, we got him. He's good. He's uh, he's with us. And they they guys took care of me, man. I didn't have to sing. So I'm sitting there thinking I'm sweating because I see guys getting up there. Singing sing out of tune. Ah, ah, oh, just, just throwing stuff at him and sit down, sit down. You're embarrassing yourself you get up tomorrow. So it's a lot of that, man. There's a lot of things that guys, you know, have to do, you know, of course, you know, when you come in also too, uh, everybody knows how much you got paid. Oh, you the one want money. sign Okay. We're going to, we're going to eat good this year. We're going to eat good with this rookie. So that's another thing. Guys have to go in the obligation of buying dinner for the veterans, which you know the guys are more than happy to do it they really are but I, i've seen some 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 bad scenarios where guys you know were left with a bill like twenty five thousand at a, a dinner bill and you know 50 grand like you know they're drinking crazy stuff you know wine and you know louis and all. oh man that that is, is not fun it's not fun if you got a good group of guys man then that's good what up b there he is <laughs> yeah but so that that was you know what you have to uh, uh expect coming in you know dealing with the group you know the media uh the organization um uh, all the players in the city too man so it's 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 the learning curve man has got to be like it got to be quick because if you don't man you'll get caught up in the wash and like I said, it's uh, hopefully you get a good group of veteran guys that kind of take care of you. So I think things have changed a little bit now than what it was before. But, uh, you know, yeah, I had, I had a great group of guys. Shout out to Ed West, Jimmy Johnson, my man. Right. That's my guys. Jimmy
2: Johnson. What was, what's
0: your, oh, never mind. Yeah. What's
2: yeah. the conversation? What's the topic right yeah. now?
1: Uh, so right now, uh, we, we had a couple fans write in uh, and ask to have you guys kind of explain the process from after you got drafted, the whole mini camp OTA experience, and what did that look like for you? JD just got done telling us his story. What, what did the kind of process look for you look like for you after you got drafted?
2: Well, I was nervous, like shit. I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> uh, on top of that, like you gotta say, I was playing a whole new position. Uh, going into a, a program that was known for, you know, defense at the time because of Derek Thomas, you know, Dale Carter, James Hayes, and all those other guys. Um, so it was, it was, it was scary for me because I was, I was young. I didn't know a whole lot. Of, I mean, I, I thought I knew a lot about football because I played in Nebraska and was on a dominant team. But hell, we didn't run a whole lot of defenses because our defense was so good. And so, uh, you know, we stayed to a few and kept it basic. Uh, so going in and having to learn all this stuff, uh, new cur- you know, uh, new coaching staff, new players, new position, um, and it's all season workouts, uh, basically OTAs, mini camps, whatever. And so, like I told you earlier in the, uh, uh, of, of the episodes, like what I did to learn and to, to get a whole, uh, to, to basically to get my foot in the door I hung with the old guys. So I was with Tamar Vanover, Andre Ryzen, uh and and Derek, not Derek, but uh, Derek Thomas a lot. Like that's that's who I was h- hanging with 24-7 and just learning and getting everything from these guys. It's like what to look for as a DB, you know, from a wide receiver's perspective. Um, you know, Derek Thomas teaching me like, you know, the, the, the basics of the defense. And James Hasty wasn't a guy that hung out outside of football. He didn't do that. Mark McMillan had family. Bill Carter was on a, um, a whole nother level that I couldn't keep up with as far as like, um, you know, what's outside of football. He was basically rarely in town. And if there was ever a weekend that we had off, he was back in Atlanta. Um, so most of my time was basically hanging with Uh, those guys, so I had to learn um, from the older guys and not hang with the younger guys. And any time that I did hang with the young guys, we basically just played cards. It wasn't, you know, going over playbook rules and, you know, what you did at your school, basis. what I did at my school. It was just, you know, basically stuff like gambling, uh, playing cards, and and playing pickup basketball. Uh, So most of the stuff that I had to learn about the NFL came from the older guys, and especially in those OTAs. But when it came to the classroom stuff, that's when I was, you know, picking at Hasty, Carter, McMillan. Like, what are you guys seeing? Like, how do you guys have to move um, as far as, because you happen to react to everything a receiver does. So like, what are you looking at? Um, How do I have, uh, you know, what's my strong arm and trying to play at a certain side? Because like, I, I see what you guys are doing, I can't mimic it because I have no clue as to which, why you guys are doing it. And after I learned a lot of those things as to what, you know, what, why, uh, I was able to use my size to, 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 to go out and, and kind of imitate some of the things that Hasty was doing as opposed to what Carter was doing and Mark, and Mark McMillan was doing all at once because they're all built different. They all have different demeanors different way of playing the game but I had to do all three of those at one and it helped and again like I said uh it helped me also when it came down to making the team because I knew I didn't have the tangibles that the guy that they drafted which was Robert Williams I, I didn't have quick feats like him. I, I didn't play corner all my my college career so yeah I was intimidated by that because for one he played it his whole career two he was drafted higher along with a couple of other guys. So, um, you know, the whole intimidation factor was there from the start. And so it was just a matter of me trying to, you know, get the upper hand and, and put somebody on my side. And I was just siding with the older guys because I knew when it came down to getting cut, I'd have somebody that could bounce for me. That's smart.
0: i tell you, you know, uh, it's it crazy because you're you know you're talking about this and I'm just thinking how, even when I came in, like guys look different. <clears throat> I remember, uh, defensive V and I had to block every day, William Fuller. And William Fuller man had hair on the on the side of his arm on his on his shoulder. I ain't never seen nobody have hair like, like patches of big old hair on his arm and his shoulder. I'm like man, I'm in this <laughs> with some, <laughs> some men, some real men in here, right? You know and, and it's crazy because when you go into the locker room back in the day at uh, at uh, at Philly, they used to have like ashtrays. I don't know if I had them ashtrays on 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 y'all or locker e, but I know it in in uh, the old Vet Stadium, they had tra- ashtrays where they used to smoke like during halftime. It was crazy to me. I was like, I'm man, put it fast. Yeah, but, and they said they used to be at, at, at halftime just smoking cigarette. Like, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. let's get out there and get a second half. I <laughs> <laughs> off I'm running, but yeah, you just you see it, man. That you you, you know you in there with a whole different mindset. It's a whole different mindset. You know, so we're talking about putting food on the table. You know, guys are trying to, you know, make sure their families are eating. So competition is different. You know, everybody's going through and you know looking looking all mean, you know, trying to look bigger, everybody walking on their toes, you know, so chest out. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, man, it's uh now it's that's it's a hard time. But that's a good thing, man, like staying with vets. Like I said before, man, you know, the veteran guys are going – they're going to wait. They're going to show you. Because rookies, when you stay together – because we had to, like, room together and go places together. You had to get in the van and go other places. You didn't really have a car. So, I, like, all that – In the first time we get getting OTAs and stuff, you know, you just riding. they pick picking up all the rookies together. You know, y'all just kind of talking. Yeah. And, you know, saucer-eyed, thinking about things. So –
1: Eric, uh, Erica JD was talking about rookie hazing that he said since he was with the, the vets like um Jimmy Johnson and them, they kind of like, you know, separate him away from doing all the stuff or like randomly calling you out to sing a song or something like that. Did you ever get any rookie hazing or anything that memorable everybody up?
2: goes through that? You know, that's the good part about it. It's not it's not one of those hazings that you go you go in and have to take a, a beating. You know, they're gonna they're not gonna, you know, it's very rare that you see fights because of hazing. And the only reason you might see that is maybe because the guy's getting, you know, he's a little sensitive and, and he's a little pissed because somebody threw his stuff in the cold tub. You know, he got taped to the goalpost, <laughs> Or, uh, you know, he's having to, you know, buy extra stuff and he's tired of buying stuff. You know, that's rare. You know, those kind of guys, those those, those are the ones that really don't make the team for the long run either. Mm. So, uh, But, yeah, that's, that's, that's basically the hazing stuff that we went through. And one that hurt me was all rookies usually have to pick up food for the plane or pick up food for Friday. So <clears throat> we were going to Jacksonville, and I think I told this story already. Mm-hmm. We were going to Jacksonville, and I had to pick up chicken from somewhere in, 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 in uh, Kansas City, and I didn't know my way around the city that, that well at the time. And so I'm trying to pick up all this freaking chicken and make it to the airport. <laughs> I missed the plane. Oh, so... Oh. I had to buy my own plane ticket, pay for my own hotel room, and I got a $5,000 fine. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: And, and, a, and a fine like that for a seventh-round pick, I mean, that's, that's, t- that's tough. Heck, yeah. And I had
2: to throw the chicken away. <laughs> 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 I can't think of the name of the, the freaking restaurant that was right around the corner from the uh, – from the stadium, it was a soul food restaurant. We used to go there every week, and we pick up food for the for the for the DBs at least. Peach tree, huh? Peach tree.
0: You yes. talking about One
2: hundred percent right. Yeah, yeah,
0: peach tree. So yeah. I, I
2: didn't want to pick up food for Peace. That's the crazy thing, because peach tree is right by the stadium. But I guess I made a wrong turn somewhere, and man, I was lost. <laughs> Panic set in, and I was like, "Fuck, I'm about to miss this plane." Got there. Plane was gone. I was like, man, I'm supposed to be with the team.
0: We're sorry, Mr. Warfield. The plane's already gone. <laughs> oh
2: man.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm actually shocked. Man, They told me, "Go ahead and come on." Because some 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 they like, don't even worry about it." You know, we just we'll, we'll, we'll see you next week. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Get you a plane ticket. So come on down there. <laughs> I don't know how you guys
1: did it with the uh, the, the times with that, without GPSs on your phones. I don't know how you guys got around. I,
2: I, I I'd be lost. You know with what? That I up and say the same thing. Like with everything that we do nowadays, is based on the iPhone. Mm-hmm. And so, like even like going to places maybe twenty minutes from here, not far. I got to punch in the GPS. But I'm in a bigger city too.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so, but back in the days, I was like, man, I
0: have no idea how we got from A to B without cell phones. Communication, man. Look, we look, we. First, we paid attention for one. All right, we paid attention to everything just about because if we didn't, then we would find ourselves in the wrong turn, or you know, or somewhere that we don't need to be. But two, we communicated. <laughs> like somebody would tell you, like, look, I—they'll tell you take twenty uh, turns, and you know, everyone in your head, yeah, take a left down here on the, and take a right. Then you go if you go here, you you don't went too far. Now, as soon as you see this little, you know, this landmark. You got to make sure you take a left right here. If you don't, you're going to be over here in a whole different city. So, you had all that in your head, you had to remember and just, like, learn, man. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> these suckers right here that made us lazy, you know. Marcus, these things right here that made us lazy. And we're not it's time for. consuming,
2: too. Yeah.
0: Time consuming. We're not better it for it. It helps. It And we don't, we don't communicate like we should with each other. You know, kids, kids be in the same room, literally, and texting each other. <laughs> laughing, like, what is it? Like, share the joke. And he, like you said, I brought up conversations. I got a, I'm in a, a high
2: rise down here in Dallas. And it's you know, basically an apartment, but they call them high rise. Yeah. And so, like, um, you know, like I grew up in an apartment back in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, you know, even as a family, I think we knew everybody in those apartment complex, almost yeah. everybody. <laughs> and the place I'm at now, you barely speak to people in your hallway. Like, they, it's, it's like you don't know people where you live at now. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, people don't take the time out to do events for the for the apartments to, to get to know each other. You know, people are in a hurry to get back to their place and lock their doors and tend to themselves or get to their phones. So, it, you know, things aren't what they used to be like. It's communication part and, and, you know, generosity of saying hi and how's your day and smiling at people. You mm-hmm. rarely get that. Yeah. And I think we were headed in that direction anyway. And then when COVID happened,
1: that kind of gave people more of a reason with the masks and stuff to be more antisocial now. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's mm-hmm. what I feel like because um, you, you get in the elevators with people and they don't really talk to you. I mean, I'll try to strike up a conversation. If I see someone wearing a hat, I'm like, oh, you're an Orioles fan or a Redskins fan. And then try to talk that way, but then usually it's a, it's a one-word answer and like, that's it. It's like, okay, all right, that's, yep. that's, that's,
0: that's it. Yeah, you know what? You need small town living, man. I grew up in like a small town I and mean, out in the country, you know, everybody just spoke to everybody. That's what you did. It was- that's, I'm the same way, J.D. Yeah, yeah, it's courtesy, common courtesy, man. What and people have? look at me like, man, why you speak to everybody? Like, them people want... Like-? Shit! Why not? <laughs> <Right, yeah. laughs> learn a lot, man. You learn a lot from you know from small towns and people, man. You learn a lot. You just, common, just you know, common decency. You know that's that's what we're missing right now. Is just common decency. Everybody wants to be at each other's throat, and there's always got to be a, a debate and stuff like that, man. But how about hey, how you doing? You know, and I'm glad you asked. Thank uh, <laughs> thanks for asking. Yeah, you know, how are you? Right. So. We need to get there.
1: Yeah. And uh, you can right in time as we're going to head to our uh, guest segment. Uh, tonight we have a special guest uh, and we have one of the loudest, probably proudest chief fans. I see on Twitter. Uh, he goes by Johnny B side 13, AKA at J B side 13. Um, the guys always posting videos. This guy, this guy's a great, uh, he's a great follow. If you don't follow him. Um, and he was really excited to come on the show and talk to you guys tonight. I there got you go.
0: Johnny there we go, B. Johnny. What's going on, Johnny? Be good, Johnny B. Huh? What's up, fellas? What's going on?
3: Not a whole lot. What's going on with you guys? Yeah, just you know, sitting up doing work right now. That's it. It's twenty four seven. The grind is real, man. I feel it you. stop.
2: Yeah. Where are you from, Johnny?
3: I'm from Chicago originally, but I live in Indiana now. Okay,
2: so you stay you stay true to Midwest. How are you not oh. a Bears fan?
3: Well, it's a long story, Eric. I got to tell you that. But I became a Chiefs fan in 1986 when I was brought to Arrowhead Stadium as a kid. Uh, well,
2: hold on. Wait, 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 wait. That's right after the uh, Chicago Bears won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I was at the
3: Super Bowl parties in Chicago. It was it was an exciting time, but uh, I liked Walter Payton, obviously, and. Uh, I also uh, like Dan Marino and a lot of other players, but for me, it was just NFL football, uh, whatever I could see, you know, there was no direct TV back then or any of that good stuff. So whatever I could get my eyes on Monday night football, staying up late when I wasn't supposed to. And, <laughs> and I, I didn't really have that true allegiance. You know, I wasn't really feeling it. You know, I liked certain players. And then I, uh, I decided that, uh, to Kansas city would be my team. It just took me one time coming to come into, uh, to Arrowhead, and that was it. So I've been a Chiefs fan since 1986, and then Derek was, Thomas was drafted, and the rest was history. Gotcha. So You know
2: what was crazy? I'm, I'm kind of the same way. So I grew up two hours from, from Dallas, never been a Cowboys fan. You know, I respect Emmitt, respect, you know, Troy and, and Michael Urban, what they did, just never a Cowboys fan. And I became a fan of Jerry Rice in Montana, so I was more of a 49ers fan. So good Lord. Sorry about that. I had a, somebody trying to call. Yeah. I was, I was more of a 49ers fan for the longest, and especially when they got Deion Sanders. So
0: oh, yeah, right there
2: next door to, to the Cowboys, I, I never was a fan. So, yeah. You know, you
3: know I, yep. I grew up, you know, we didn't go on airplanes. We didn't go on spring breaks and things like that. You know, you know, just kind of doing an old school type thing, you know, didn't waste a lot of dollars with the family. And that was the first time I was ever on a plane and, Got on that plane, and it was uh, like a whole new world for me. Landed in Kansas City. My mom knew some people out there, and they took me all around Kansas City. You know, did all the barbecue, the tailgating, all that stuff. Got the starter coat, you know, fresh starter coat. (laughs) And, 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 And they won the game, too. That was They weren't very good that year, but they actually won the game I was at, and that was it, man. I was at Arrowhead one time, and I said, that's it. I got my team now, and that's how it all started, so. It's where your passion is, not not where you're from. That's how I feel it. I am
0: so well, you, man. Well, you you bought away, you bought all the way in. Then you once you got the gear, it was over. You was hooked in. You, you know, oh, yeah, you know because you had to wear it. So it's just like, oh, okay. This is my yeah. squad. This is who I'm repping right now.
3: Yeah, my my neighborhood in the you know southeast side of Chicago, there wasn't a lot of kids, you know, throwing down the brand new starter coats at the time. I'm to be honest, whether <laughs> whether it was Bears or any other team, so. You know, I came into school that 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 next uh, Monday morning after the game. You know, I had a little a little little jump to my step, to say the least. You know, <laughs> yeah, at least, right. and it was red, satin, too. I mean, it was in your face. You know what I mean?
0: Uh, shiny as hell. Hey, Johnny, man, you're going back too far, man. Everybody realized that that, that starter, you know, fit, man. Are people having that on, like how it used to be so clean. Heck I mean, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you talking about some stuff right there now, for real. Oh, yeah. No doubt, no doubt. Marcus probably wasn't even born.
1: 86. No, 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 no. But I, I do have some hand-me-down starter stuff for my older brothers, though so.
3: man, that's that that was harsh. You call them out like that. It's it's not it's not often you can call somebody out for being young, but I like it. <laughs>
1: Now, uh, I went to Chicago a couple of years ago for a music festival and I ended up going to this bar. And I, while I'm at this bar, I'm looking around. I, I see Chief Arrowheads like, all over the place. And I asked my buddy, I'm like, Dude, is this the Chiefs bar? He goes, I, I don't think so, man. And then like, he saw, he goes, he sees the Chiefs stuff. I look it up online. It's called Tunes Bar and Grill. It's like a, a full-on Kansas City Chiefs bar in Chicago. And me being from the D.C. area, I'm not used to seeing any Kansas City Chiefs bars. So it was, uh, it was, a, it was actually a, it was an awesome place to go to if you are if you haven't been there before.
3: Yeah, I've, I've been there a few times, but the, the reality is, you know, where I'm at and what I've been doing for a long time is uh, I'm at the games. You know, I'm a season ticket holder for a oh, long nice. time. And even though I'm in Indiana, I'm seven hours away. Uh, I've been, you know, a season ticket holder for about 15 years straight. And uh, I go to a lot of road games, too. I was at both Super Bowls in attendance. So, wow. yeah, I, I don't so miss them. It's
2: a seven hour car ride.
3: Yeah, a little bit. If my wife is with me, it's seven hours and 30 minutes. If I'm alone
0: or (laughs) with a buddy, it's seven
3: hours.
2: You know that room. (laughs)
0: Well, Johnny,
1: it's awesome having you on tonight. Um, I know we talked about asking asking questions to uh, Jason and Eric. The floor is yours, my man. Go ahead and uh, ask away to the guys. Yes.
3: I I'll start with Jason with the offense. I don't know if you guys know, but I actually interviewed Mitch Holtis a few weeks ago on this little sports betting segment that I have out here in Chicago. And he was talking about the the second lap in Patrick Mahomes NFL track, you know, going through the track, you know, he's got the Super Bowl MVP. He's got the MVP. I'm more interested, uh, Jason, what your thoughts are on the dynamic of him and big red Andy Reid going forward to continue to keep it fresh you know, keep evolving and have the success that Chiefs Kingdom now has been used to since, uh, you know, since Andy Reid took over and obviously Mahomes was drafted and developed?
0: Uh, you, you know what? It, I, I think if if you got a guy like a talent like Patch Mahomes and, and you see that he's already reaching the pinnacle, right, at being at the top, your, your job is to, to strictly maintain it, right? And so like I was talking on this segment a little bit earlier, you know what they've done is 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 key in getting the offensive guys, you know, aligned around him. It's all about protecting him, right? I mean, that's just thinking. and Andy knows like, look, this is the guy right here I could ride out, you know, at the end of my career and Patrick making this thing like I said almost building a dynasty here. You, you got to you really are in the conversation of doing that by some of the moves that's been made and, you know, projected moves right now that's been happening. But, you know, you're thinking about like just the dynamic spot with Patrick Mahomes where five years, things are going to be a little bit different. I don't know how they're going to be different, but they're going to be different somehow. And you always look for a guy to adapt, right? Because you always right. look at like, some of the quarterbacks back in the day, like, well, how would they play in this era? How would they play in this era? And so now you're going to start seeing, you know, more just guys. You know, we, we've seen it change in the past 10 years offensively, what they do just been doing with systems. And so now with Patrick and, and, and Andy, I think Andy knows, like, like I said before, this is a guy that I could rely on. I don't have to worry about, you know, he's timeless with what he does. As long as he has his strong arm, he can do a lot of things for a long time, right? And so we're, right. Just, we're, just, we're just looking for something like that. Andy just knows. We don't know how long Andy's going to be there, but Andy knows, like, if, if I had to take my stake and bet the farm, I'm going to bet it on him, right? And Patrick's going to be my guy. And Patrick knows it. So my thing is, you make him a lifelong chief. It's not even a question, you know, to me, you know, this is the guy that you want. It's almost, when I'm thinking about this, the question you asked. it's almost like looking at Brett Favre, right? We've seen Brett Favre's development, and then all of a sudden, at the end of his career, it's like he went somewhere else, and it just, it didn't seem right. Was just, you know, right. What you what are, what's, right. what's going on? Like, you couldn't work something out to have him here for the rest of the, the endurance of his career, which I guess you, you could say he did because he retired on this a couple times, Right. <laughs>
3: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so,
0: but yeah, Patrick, man, and 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 Andy, I, I think man, it's a match made in heaven. And you just keep it there, right? <laughs> keep it, keep it together, as long as you can. So,
3: yeah, you know, I was lucky enough to uh, meet Patrick over at training camp before he became a star, You know, right mm-hmm. before he took over the reins in 2018. You know, we had the season ticket holder thing, and we met Big Fish and Kelsey and Mahomes. They all came over. We got to take some pictures with them. And, you know, this, the dude is different, you know, he's special yeah. dude. And even though, you know, he went on to throw 50 touchdowns that year, uh, mm-hmm. I was sitting in LA with my wife uh, opening day and Tyreek runs the punt back and then we get the ball back. And then he just throws that slant, you know, to Tyreek over the middle. Mm-hmm. And he takes it to the house and I look at my wife and I said, this is it. I said, we're going to the Super Bowl." I don't know if it's this year, next year. I said, <laughs> but this is it. And I just think that that relationship, you know, between him and Big Red, it's just got to continue to evolve. Yes. You know, they're going to try to do things to throw throw the timing off. I understand that. The NFL's, you know, not stupid. They're going to try to do things to sabotage our plans. And obviously the O-line overhaul is a big start, you know, because, I mean, we all looked at each other. I was there live, obviously, and was like, oh, no. Like, you know, we, we need depth. We need some youth here. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited for it. I just I just want to – you know, see their development as it goes on. Like you said, year five, year six, year 10, and then obviously hopefully lifetime for Patrick.
2: It's hard to get rid of a quarterback once they, once you've kind of made a name for yourself as a quarterback and, and solidify, you know, certain statutes, it's hard for a team and a franchise to let you go. I mean, we've seen it with so many players. Yes. At the end of their career, you might, you know, as far as like with, what you were saying with Brett Favre, you know, Brett had already played 15, I think, plus years at that point. They had already brought in Aaron Rodgers. So they had already kind of find, found him uh, someone to, to fill his shoes. And But it's just kind of like with Russell Wilson. He's going to be at Seattle forever. You know, it, it sounded like he wanted out. And that's the only reason I think nowadays that you would see a player go opposite of the franchise is because he wants out. Kind of like what Deshaun Watson was trying to do at Houston before all of his allegations came about. You know, Aaron Rodgers is doing it at Green Bay, but now it's like he wants out. But it's further on down the line after they've already made these great careers. I think Patrick has already solidified himself with Kansas City to say that he's going to be there. Well, we're all hoping for the majority of his career and not see him go play elsewhere. But who knows? Maybe 12th, 13th year in his career, he – I don't want (laughs) to say it. I don't even want to hear it. I don't want to think. I'm just
0: saying
2: it no. might. It might on. be a thought. We don't want to see it a year, but it might be a thought because we don't know where his talent's gonna, you know, be at that time of the year, and we might see some other guy that's basically playing the same way he does, or better, at a young age in college. So you never know. We, don't, I, I'd love to see him play 18 years in KC. Well,
0: I, I'll tell you what, and I, I don't want to miss this part of the element of it is, I just look at it. How not only like Andy and the organization, but I'm talking about the entire city. I mean, the entire city in itself has just truly embraced and put his, their arms around Patrick, and it's just different. You, you know, I mean, i seen it. I mean, it's different. I mean, when I'm sitting there oh, looking, but
2: I, I know I'm saying because I guarantee you, nobody in Wisconsin wants to see Aaron Rodgers leave. Yeah, like no. nobody, nobody well, in Seattle wants to see Russell Wilson leave. Yeah, you know, they're, they're special players in that team. Nobody, nobody. In New England, wanted to see Tom Brady left leave. He did that on his own.
0: Right. I man, he was I, trying I, to prove a point. I mean, I, I'm, I'm getting grocery bags and Patrick Mahomes' picture on it. You know, we've yeah. seen all the billboards all over the place. I mean. It,
3: City Royals, you know, yeah. minority ownership, you know. Come on. Come roots, on. You know,
2: yeah. getting roots set in deep.
0: Yes, yes. I, and, I'm
2: pretty sure Patrick's going to have a statue
0: in about five years. Hey. <laughs> hey. He's on the road to do it. And the people love him. Oh, for I know. Him. Why not? you know, have a statue, and there's going to be
2: a street name after him.
0: Yeah, yeah. maybe even a holiday
2: yeah, in, in Texas. In Texas
3: and in Kansas City, for sure. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So, like I said, match made in heaven.
3: Right. <laughs> All right, we could. Uh, I got another. I got another question, a defensive question. If we want to throw it, you want me to throw it on over to Eric for that let's, question? Let's do uh, it, Marcus. All right. Yeah. All right, so. Um, I'm looking here specifically at the uh, the secondary heading into the 20, uh, 2021 season. Obviously, I think we're pretty legit at safety with the Honey Badger. Hopefully, that extension gets done. Um, that's kind of part of the question, Eric, if you think that will get done. You know, we got Dirty Dan and Thornhill. Hopefully, the knee is feeling good, and he's going to come back firing on all cylinders. But I'm more concerned about what what the plan is for Spags, at cornerback. Your thoughts on that with DeAndre Baker is Breezy, you know Breland going to? Are we going to re-sign him, or if we're not going to re-sign him, what we think we're going to do at the uh, cornerback position?
2: So I, I I think at some point we're going to re-sign Basketball. He's kind of like what Jason was saying, the Mahomes of the defense. Um, I think at right now we've done enough to 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 get a good front seven to where. I don't want to say, I hate to say it, but I don't, if we don't get Breland, we're not too concerned about it because right now his ticket is high, you know, for being a starter, uh, Super Bowl, he's had a pretty legit career so far. He's his contract for himself. He's pretty much written himself a a nice contract is Kansas city. Gonna be the one to give it to him. I don't know. I doubt it just because of the fact that I think that we may need another receiver. We might see what Julio's about right now, or we might see who else is out there um, available to add to the, our, our tremendous three that we have uh, in Hill, Kelsey, and, and Mahomes. Uh, but as far as like, I think if our front seven proves to be good enough, I don't see why we would pay uh, Breland the money that he needs, because if you got a great front seven, the the, the secondary only has to do a little in order to, make the play, keep the plays in front of them and come make the tackles. So you're not asking for them to do a whole lot. If you can add that kind of pressure to a quarterback to get the ball out of his hands quick. And I think we've added some good pieces to the defensive line and especially to the linebacker core to where our our front seven is good enough to to be. I I don't want to say superior, but good enough to add pressure to, to, to help our secondary more. Yeah, I think uh, the addition
3: of Reed is going to be huge on the D line. I really do. I feel like that's going to that's going to push the pocket up the center. You know, it's obviously going to free up Jones a little bit more. But you know, uh, Frank Clark, I think, is going to have a big year uh, with that with that addition. And you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of information out there. What you're saying with the in regards to the rush getting up, you know, from the front four and how long the secondary obviously has to cover and what they are able to do keeping the ball in front of them. Do you think De- DeAndre Baker coming off the, you know, he, he he flashed a little bit when we got him at the end before he hurt his leg. Do you think he might be a guy that might step in on the other side where Bree- Breezy was? Or what do you think? We got him from the, was it a giant? We got him from the Giants. Yeah. yeah, there was that controversy where basically they tried to set him up and then they didn't yeah. have the information and then they released him, and then he signed with us. He yeah. flashed a couple times in the in the end of the season, then he bust broke his leg. But all signs are that he's healthy and he's ready to
2: go. You know, he was a number, a first-round draft pick, I believe, exactly. at the Giants a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Being
2: that high, being that high of a draft pick, you know, he's obviously got the talent. It's just a matter of how you bounce back from that injury. And if you know, being at 100%, it 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 you know, it, it helps him going into the camps. So he gets to get these these plays under his belt to prove that you know he can he can make plants off of that leg and. You know that he's he's worthy of uh of, of competing for that number one spot and if he can prove that you know hey like i said i like breeland i'm a big breeland fan um but you know we don't have to worry about that big contract that he's looking for you know and I, it's sad to say because you know, again like he he's, he's a proven guy uh you want to see all your guys get paid but if it's uh detrimental to the team of what we're trying to accomplish here then we got to do what's best within the team and 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 you know, if our front seven's good enough, then we've made way with what we have in the secondary. Yeah.
1: Cool. I, think, I think between Sneed and Ward. You got those two, and then you also – Ward playing, played well you know, last year. Yeah, he, he, he's good. He's he's a gem. Veach has found these gems in these in late rounds, these undrafted guys. But they talked about bringing Mike Hughes, who was a former first-round pick, yep. and the and you have Baker, who's also a former first-round pick. Those were guys, you know, who haven't really been, been injured or not played for whatever reasons – they could pan out, I mean, to, to play at least up to maybe maybe up to the potential at a, a first-round pick or even something somewhat close to that. So we got guys, I mean, if we if we don't want to pay that, what Breland's asking for, I mean, we got guys who could step up in, in those roles, I think.
0: Well, um, all that was just bargaining tools in, in itself anyway. I mean, that's why they are bringing these guys in, you know, for, for the case of, like, Breland not being here. And, and, of course, you go into negotiations like, listen, we got this guy in, you know, his agent sees it, he sees it, so it's like, like that was part of, I think, the, the tweet of him not feeling like he was really welcome or like, man, I'm, I'm being underrated out here. Everybody's looking at me like, you know, I'm not that guy. But look right. what I've been for you all for the past couple of years, right? But you, look, like I said, there's a lot there's a lot of rooms there in the Chiefs that I love opening the door and looking who we got in the room. I like who we got in the room in a lot of it, right? But I do believe we need Breland. I'm just saying that just to make it solid, no question about it. I think he has that ability. You know, he, he's proven to me, that he can he can he can get it going. He, he's he he's played well. He's played absolutely well for us. And so I think we need him. Uh, it just depends on what that what he's asking for. I hear you, but but look, we're we are in May right now, okay? <laughs> we're about to be in okay, June. So what if what what if he's asking for a healthy contract that we can't sign a honey badger? Listen, I look, we, we didn't talk about moving numbers, right? We we oh we got Brown, we can move numbers. Oh, we got, we can move, well shoot, let's let's move some other numbers, right? He Let's start yeah, the from- salary cap is fake, yeah. right? right. <laughs> let's figure this thing out. Look, and the thing is, I always say this, you know, which is just a great saying is the devil that you know is better than the devil that you don't, right? Yeah. He's he's at home. Look, I said, if you go one year, two years, let's try to get this deal done, get as much money as you can. Then you hit the free agency market after that and then see what you can do. Now you, what you're doing is making a, a better case for you, Right especially now because you just want to, you want to get in the camp. And I said, that's the, it, it's the worst thing to be out on the street and not talking to your boys like you want to be, you know, and be in a room with them. And that, that says a lot, though, too. So now what you're doing, like I said, he's like a little kid looking at, you know, a candy store, and he can't go in there and play. And you see new friends coming in, new friends coming having birthday cake, and you're like, man, like, like <laughs> No, yeah, nobody to the park. Yeah, the not park. A
3: Honey Badger's talking about switching and taking his number. I mean, what's up with I that? Know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, for real? I mean, <laughs> how do you go how do you go from Breezy, you know, and Sean Smith and wearing 21 and then I don't know, I don't know if I my Honey Badger's 32, man. I don't know man. if I can deal with that.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. That's crazy. I saw I saw where uh the guy from the Cowboys is switching from 54 to 9. And he's got to buy out the whole inventory of 54s, which is like six figures. I I wonder if they're doing that with every player that wants to switch their number.
3: I heard they are. I heard they are. I heard if you're like an established player, you know, semi-superstar, superstar, superstar, and they got those jerseys printed, that you got to buy them. That's what I'm hearing.
0: Wow. Jeez. It's crazy.
3: Mahomes said, no, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: that's nuts what do you
3: what do you guys think a little bonus question here it's been on my mind lately all these these uh, these thoughts are thrown around and you hear this or that on the streets you know about wide receiver position obviously we got the new guy from Clemson Powell he looks like a, a mini Sammy in uniform we don't know what he's gonna do um there were some talks that are some of the others like you mentioned Julio what about what about a guy you know, that's got some physicality, that's got some edge to him. A guy like Golden Tate that's had some really good years. I don't think he's signed with anybody yet. Maybe he has. I haven't seen it. But he's just got a little edge to him. I think that could bring, you know, a little a little bit of experience, a little bit more edge to the wide receiver. Well, we've, we've
2: had that conversation many times, you know, bringing in Golden Tate. Uh, I, I don't know what his ticket is right now. I know he's, what, double-digit years? So oh, yeah. He can't, yeah, huh? yeah, so he can't be asking for too much because um, even the, the last squad that he played for, I don't think he put up the, the numbers to, to get him nine, 10 million a year. I don't think he's worth that. So that'd be a right. good bring in for us. I mean,
3: he played for Detroit, obviously, and then he went to New York and I don't think he would, did he, he didn't go anywhere in between those two spots. So obviously he hasn't done a ton of winning. Yeah. True. Um, <laughs> I mean, chance to play with Patrick, I don't know. I just, it was a name that I thought maybe we could get on the cheap, you know, when free agency started. And I just, I just haven't heard really anything about him, like in any regards for any team, to be honest.
2: Yeah, I'm I I wondering your thoughts on it. Yes. Yeah, I don't know his age. And I don't know if teams are looking at it, looking at it that way. It's like, okay, he's an older guy. He didn't do much with the team last year. Uh, you know, when uh, Barkley went down. So uh, what's the point of us bringing him in? if He's not going to be one of those that can get, get separation and be a possession guy. So. I I didn't get to watch him to see what kind of movement that he has at this age and at this stage in his life. So that's, that's probably what a lot of teams are looking at.
0: I like like Golden Tate as a talent. I do. You know, I even thought about true maybe like Alshon Jeffries, right. I I don't know what he'll bring in, but just, I I like big receivers anyway. I like somebody taking up space When you let a guy take up space, let all the little guys run around and and create, you know, (laughs) get at that point. So that's what I was thinking about. I don't know Golden Tastes like 5'10, you know. Yeah, he he's kind of in that, that same fit of, of everybody else. Do you do you want the same fit? You want all the guys looking the same when you're out there? That's my question, right? When we got Travis Kelsey, a big guy. Uh, Robinson on the side outside is kind of big. And but I, I like a big guy to, you know, kind of take up space. That's what Sammy Gabe. Sammy Gabe was like that guy that was had that size, uh, you know, tough to bring down, get open, create space. You know, body up a linebacker. You know, in the corner. So I don't know, Alshon. I'm sure he's he he's available for a little money. You know, to get in here too, and he's got a rapport with him. So that's another thing. But those two, those two names, because I told we, we we threw those around. Go and take and Alshon. But you know, I don't know. <laughs> but let's let's keep us let's keep us Julio going. Let's keep us Julio talk going. Fair that's what I baby The, <laughs> the, the Julio
3: talk. Yeah. yeah what do you Julio. think? What, what yeah, you I mean, I mean, if, if anyone's going to do it, Veach is going to do it. I mean, one hundred and seventy-seven dollars a couple of marches ago, and then all those extensions. So you know, anything is possible. I have the "In Veach We Trust" shirt. You know, I do own it. You know, okay. I did get to meet him a one time at a training camp, and he was seemed like a pretty smart dude. One of those guys that's always thinking. You know, yes. maybe doesn't. You know, just seems like his wheels are always turning in his head. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I think if he can get Julio here, and it's not going to, you know. Break the bank. I think there's a possibility of it. And why wouldn't Julio, with his age and uh, getting up there, you know, been in the league a long time, had his chance in the Super Bowl, which obviously the coaching staff misman- mismanaged the clock, whoa, maybe the worst whoa. of all time. Absolutely. You know, cost, cost him a, cost him a ring. Why wouldn't he want to come and sling it a year or two with Patrick Mahomes? I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, seriously, he's just the yeah, same. I, I agree
2: him. with you. Like, I don't, I don't understand like why all the ESPN or Sports Center guys. They never bring up like, okay, why, why was, why is he a good fit for Kansas City? I don't see how that doesn't work. You know, they never mention him like being a possibility of coming here. You know, he, they're they're saying like, go wherever Aaron Rodgers go, go to these other teams. Like these teams can use you. Well, shit, we can use you too. Yeah, you, know, you can fit right in with these with this offense that we have and be just as good as you know you were in the past. So, because uh, you got the quarterback, you got a, a, a an a, an explosive offense that you'd be a part of, and you're just as explosive as the guys that we have. So. Add to it,
1: yeah, would be, be, no ma- be a matchup nightmare. Uh, so and we we talked about that a little earlier, but yeah, uh, I, I hope we can pull off Julio Jones to be uh, amazing. Um, and actually, Marcus Spears did mention us. He he has the Ravens as his number one team, but he thinks the uh, Chiefs could also be a, a team uh, for the uh, for uh, for Julio Jones to go to. Ravens, I, I still I still don't understand that. Um, why would you go there and not get utilized? That's that's what yeah. I
3: would say. <laughs> I mean. I did watch the Pro Bowl a couple years ago, and Jarvis Landry beat Jackson in the QB challenge. I'm just saying. I mean, I think you guy's talented. He's a great athlete. But Jarvis Landry did beat him in the QB challenge. I'm just going to throw it
2: out there. I'm just going to throw it out there. You know what, John? I, that was my that was my response. I think was it last week or two weeks ago. Was I, I'm a I like watching Lamar play. You know, you know, I'm, I'm loyalty. I'm loyal to my Chiefs. You know, but I give props to other players throughout the league. And I think Lamar is a really, really good player. I don't think he has the accuracy at quarterback, which is why he is a one-read quarterback to take off running. So if that first read is not open, he's not looking at second and third reads. He's he's looking for gaps to to run through. And Unless you're wide open, he's not putting that ball on the the money. So why take that chance you're going
0: to turn into like a blocking receiver? E listen, look, look, y'all got it wrong. I'm trying to tell you, man. Nobody can get open out there. Nobody can get open. That's why he had to throw it down the middle to, to Andrews all the time. And nobody on that outside would get open. That's well, why it's like me.
3: it's like 15 yards though. Huh? It's only like 12, 15 yards most of the time. It's not that hard of a throw, is it? If he's open?
0: It, but that was never open. That's the that's the key of it. Look, look, I would say this. professional athlete, look, look, the Raven receivers, <laughs> look, the Raven receivers have given a lot of guys false sense of security and probably got some guys paid because they were so bad at receiving the football, getting open. They're like, man, you locked down the Baltimore. I'm like, well, who didn't? Who, who didn't lock down the receivers from Baltimore? You know, friendly, man. Hey, look, Lamar. Hey, Dez, Dez Bryant came back and had catches. so it
2: obviously wasn't that hard for him to get open. I mean,
0: and Dez's been on the street for two years, three.
2: Exactly. So that's, that's what, what I'm saying. If he, if he can come if back and get open and get, get some open. Catches, Huh? Okay.
3: He's saying, Eric's saying if Des can get open when he hasn't, you know, it's played except in his driveway for three years, why can't Hollywood get open? Exactly. <laughs> I, look,
0: Hollywood, look, and everybody, I think people don't realize how fast Hollywood is. And, and he's a little guy. He's another little guy. He didn't learn how to, to run right. That makes it easier. No, yeah. no. Come on, man. You're getting bounced around. Look, you don't oh. know how to
2: route. Guys
0: are hitting you. Look
2: at what all the little tiny receivers are doing. They're the ones that are making all these little inside, under 20 yard catches. Because it's too shifty. So, what, who were we just talking about last week from Buffalo? Beasley.
0: Yeah. So Beasley's so, good
2: because he's a slot guy. He has a two-way go to use his size and quickness. Same way with Hollywood.
0: Okay. Put him in slot. Let him get that two-way go. Use your size and quickness. What what did what did uh 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 what's his name it? Josh Allen? What was he yeah. at the rushing quarterback? What was he, right? Russian quarterbacks last year? Was he one or two? Uh, no, <laughs> thank you. Okay. So, but my point is this. You have Lamar Jackson who is dynamic with his legs. You know, look, he can throw the football down the field, but he's going to beat you with his legs. Why, why would he take that element? You don't want to just make him a, a, a pocket passer. Look, the most dangerous guys on the field is being a double threat. I could run and throw the football against you? Come on, man. Teams It ain't going to
2: get you that far, though,
0: man. Huh? It won't get you that far. Oh, you crazy. Man, look, now, all right, I'm just saying this. Now he's if got. Lamar
2: can throw for three hundred yards. I hate to say this. Close your ears. If Lamar can throw for three hundred
0: yards, they can beat the Chiefs. Oh no! The problem is, is he can't. <laughs> he won't ever throw for that three hundred yards. But listen, it's going. It's going to take more than that. It's going to take more than that now, because because you you say that they got to stop our guys on our side. Now I say our Joes are better than they Joes. So, would you agree? I would agree with that. I think I yeah, got. I agree with that. Yeah. Then their guys, all right. For one, okay. But if Lamar going and he's got better receivers on the outside now, he's got a guy to throw to, you watch what they do offensively. You watch. I'm I'm just saying. I'm I'm going to hold you accountable for that. That's cool. Hey, look, hold me accountable. All right. Hey, I
3: love Lamar. I think he's a great athlete. I think he's going to develop. I think he's going to get more accurate. I'm just saying, when I saw the Pro Bowl, Jarvis Landry (laughs) did beat him by a lot. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. And he said himself, Lamar Jackson from his very own – that he said the Kansas City Chiefs are his kryptonite right now. And, you know, Superman, you know, he had his kryptonite. So until he beats us, until he can do the 350-yard passing and, and not make the big mistake or get that big first down, you know, late in the game and not have Mahomes do it, you know, I'm going to roll Chiefs
0: all day. All day. Hey, hey I, I agree with you 100%. All I'm saying is as soon as I come in as a coach, you don't have to come with nobody on the outside. All we do is stop Lamar from running. That's the game plan. you got hey, these guys ain't getting open. I put it up on the big screen. These guys ain't getting open. It. They can't get out of wet paper bag. Look, so, he ain't making it though,
3: JD. Mm-hmm. Huh? So you're saying you say keep Lamar inside the hashes and you're
0: good to go. You're good to go. At least you have been since yeah. up until now. Right. Now. He got some weapons on the outside. Well, we we have JD
1: on the tape last week. He said that if he doesn't pan out this year with Rashad Bateman, Sammy Watkins, and uh, Hollis Brown and Mark Andrews, then we can say that you know I, I think you know I think he can improve a little bit. He's he's not this absolutely.
0: Yeah, badass. they got two receivers in the draft, man. That's that's really good. So yeah.
3: So we'll see. Well, this, is the, this is the make a break is here. the time. I can't wait. Is it September yet? Let's it. see. It. We'll roll <laughs> it out,
2: baby. Week Hold two, on. baby. I don't think that Baltimore is going to have a thousand yard receiver. Whoa, JD, want to take him on that bet?
0: Absolutely.
3: Who's does it going to be? Who's it going to be? I, does, does Andrews counting that? I
0: count the,
2: the tight end. Yeah. Yeah. That's I his think, go-to. Think, that's his go-to. That's his guy. That's his guy. That's his bailout.
0: I can I don't know. He ain't, ain't nobody else. A
1: receiver. A receiver. <laughs> so, so you think a receiver's going to get a thousand yards? JD.
0: I think so. I think I think Brown has a chance to do it. Absolutely, Hollywood could definitely do it. do out of ten. Well, and the thing is, uh, I'm saying. I we can put a bet on this. What do you all want? Right. That? Oh man, we can do what he. We can, we well, here, right.
3: Wait, 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 wait. I do a gambling segment. I'm just gonna throw this out here for you real quick before you make this bet. All right, so you're saying maybe Hollywood Brown. So let's let's look at it. we got all these new receivers. We got one football. So you got Sammy Watkins, you got Hollywood Brown, you got the receivers that you just mentioned that got drafted, and Mark Andrews. So are there going to be enough balls with the distance to go around for Hollywood Brown to get a thousand along with the other guys, including Sammy? I don't know, man.
0: Hollywood Brown could take the top off any defense, and Lamar Jackson Jackson could throw it a ton. He could throw it out the, at the stadium. So, what know. is
3: the uh, what are Hollywood Brown's yardage totals the last two years? Does anybody have that information handy? Do we have a stat man?
0: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, uh, uh-uh. I don't have it. Uh, what I, I'm saying is, look he's going to benefit off those guys on the outside actually taking away from you know him being double teamed and him running around. So that's the way I look at it.
1: Yeah, so, last uh, last two years, uh, he had 600. He had 769 yards last year, and the year before he oh, had
0: 584 yards. Oh, oh, it's going up. up? I don't
1: know, 69? man. It's going up.
0: Yeah,
2: so going have 800 <laughs> next this year. Yeah, so 787.
0: About 200 more yards to get to 1,000. Uh oh. I'm ready for this one.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, Johnny, uh, it was awesome having you on, man. Uh, anybody who is not, who's in Chief's Kingdom, who is not following this guy on Twitter is doing something wrong. It's at JBSide13 on, on Twitter. And Johnny, you mentioned your podcast. You want to uh, plug it here for
3: us? Yeah, it's a, it's a Chicago podcast It does a lot with sports. It's called Brags in the Stands. It's not my podcast. It's a friend of mine. Uh, we do some a lot of NFL. My my segment is about sports betting football. That's my specialty. It's called Johnny B for three. It'll start back up uh, once we get rolling with the NFL. But you know, we were lucky enough to bring Mitch Holtis on the show a few weeks ago. I had a little tie there that somebody knew him and we hooked it up and it was good. But it's a lot of fun. I'm also throwing out my duck races, you know, that I do for Chiefs Kingdom. I give away a lot of prizes, you know, anything from Jack Stag Barbecue, and the owner is a friend of mine to artwork from all these uh artists. And she's Kingdom signed memorabilia from the cheetah and a lot of other people. Uh, so we do a lot, and I uh, give uh, giving a lot away for, for charity and stuff like that. So check it out if you want to have some fun and make some money with some bets. It's uh, it's all fun, it's all positive. That's the
0: key. We, we follow each other
3: on Twitter, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely.
0: Gosh, I'm no, I gotta make sure I'm following you, man. But, uh, man, all I right. appreciate, appreciate all your questions. No what problem. Questions.
3: No problem. Yeah. I appreciate you guys having me on. I look well, forward heck, let's to having you back, to back on during the season. Yeah, having me on during the season. I'll be at all the games. I'm down in 127, section 127, a little bit shaded towards the Chiefs bench, about seventh row. That's where my seats are. So nice. maybe we'll awesome. sit, see each other at the game this year. Full capacity,
0: like baby. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah.
2: Let's go. I baby. Like plan. <laughs> awesome job, Oh, we can't right,
0: say, guys, go have a good night. say go big, go big, Be good now, be good, Johnny, be good. <laughs> that
1: was great having Johnny, uh, Johnny on. Uh, we have that bet now. That's that's recorded, JD. So remember, remember that.
0: <laughs> he, 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 we'll talk about the stakes, all right? A little bit later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. Uh, Awesome. All right. Well, that does it for us, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Chief Concerns presented by Bet Online. We'll see you next week. And as always, if anyone in Chief's Kingdom has any concerns for these two, please tweet at us at ConcernsChief and follow us and subscribe to us on uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you can find your podcast. Gentlemen, we'll see you next week.
0: Good night, gents. All right, now. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform.